Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Always bring your Bible to church. Always bring your Bible to church. Thank you, baby. I call her baby because it's my daughter. Praise the Lord. I just want to make sure nobody's aware of that. I don't go throwing that word around. <laughs> Always bring your Bible to church. Your Bible tells you who Jesus is. Jesus tells you who you are. So if you don't know what the Bible says, you don't know who Jesus is. If you don't know who Jesus is, you don't know who you are. If you don't know what the Bible says, you know what somebody said the Bible says. And that can be very dangerous. It can be very, very dangerous. There's a lot of people living in bondage right now because they don't know Third John 2. Beloved, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That one verse is enough to set you free in a thousand different relig- from a thousand different religious mindsets. God is thinking about you, and when he thinks about you, he wants you to be prosperous and healthy. Beloved, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That kind of covers it, doesn't it? So you can get free when you know the Bible and you can stay bound when you know what somebody said the Bible said. I got, I got a lot of good friends. Uh, and well, I say, I say that I don't know how many good friends I got. I got some friends, you know, it's a lot, a little, I don't know. But I remember years ago, I had this good friend of mine for a season and he was constantly sending me, sending me these books. And, and you read, need to read this book, need to read this book, need to read this book. And I said, brother, I said, I appreciate it. I keep a couple of books going at almost any time. I said, but, but this really gets into my Bible reading. I can't read. Now, you do what you want. But I can't read three books a day and the Bible. I want to know what the Bible said. I want to go right to the source. Now... That doesn't mean that I don't want to, you know, find out what somebody else interpreted or, or otherwise and understand. But I don't want to start there. <laughs> I want to start with the Bible and then let's go from there. You know what I'm saying? So you got to know what the Bible says. The only way you're going to know what the Bible says is you actually have to read it. Or now you can listen to it. But when you come to church, always bring your Bible. Come on, give me a big amen right there. Always bring your Bible to church. Stop playing games with God. Stop acting like the words are going to jump out and get in your head. You got to read this stuff. You got to find out what it says. You understand every church that has ever been birthed, born, planted, started, whatever word that, that you use comes because the Bible told us who Jesus is. There's not a person alive right now that was at that borrowed tomb when he came out of the grave. Every one of us are reading from the book. That's how it starts. So if you don't value the Bible at the nth degree, to the max, to the max, if you wave the, if you sit there and wave the Constitution as loud as you can and flap it in everybody's face, but nobody even knows that you know John 3.16, it's possible you have placed a document above the document. I'm not mad at, 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 at anybody 
and, and anybody stands unless it argues with God. But if you're so vocal about a different piece of parchment than the one that is bloodstained, that has black and red letters, that have the actual keys and words to life itself on the inside of it, then you have, the Bible says it like this, you have an unjust balance and that is an abomination to our God. Well, you know, this is what this says, this is what that says. Well, I have found that if you will quote the scripture out loud, a lot of times all of those divisive demons go away anyway. Does this make sense? So I always bring you, have we received the offering yet, Jake? Yes. Jake said no. You were gone. You were in the parking lot. I don't blame you. Praise the Lord. I might, have, I might have start asking Teresa. Teresa, have we received the offering yet? Thank you, Teresa. Would you text Jake the answer when I ask? I'm trying to make it look good. I do like that shirt, though. Praise the Lord. Looking sharp. Always bring your Bible to church. Read your Bible. Every day, read your Bible. Every day. Day. Read your Bible. Say, but I don't know where to start. Well, you didn't know how to use Netflix till you bought it. Come on, you bought a car you didn't even know how to drive. You bought an iPhone you didn't know how to use. It didn't stop you from doing that. You could bought an Astros ticket you never even driven in Houston. You found your way to your seat. It didn't stop you. How come that's become a pertinent excuse? I'm of the persuasion that there, that there is no excuse. The Word of God is more readily available now, particularly in in the United States of America where we are, than it's ever been in the history of society, but we probably have fewer people reading it. It's more available, yet we probably have fewer people reading it. A lot of Christians are relying on Facebook and Instagram for a word of the day to to be their Bible reading. You are playing biblical roulette. Well, you just well go get a fortune cookie. I'm not saying God can't use it. I'm just saying that's not God's plan for you to learn the Bible indefinitely. We ought to put the scripture out in every medium, on every, on every uh, uh, outlet. But you can't just sit there and, and think that somebody who, who got inspired, you know, somewhere else is going to have the word for you every day. You've you got to have the word yourself. Does this make sense? All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Praise the Lord. We're going to start around verse number 1. Let's just start with verse 1. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He said, I come to you. We're going to go quick for a while because we covered this a couple of weeks ago, but I really feel like we need a recap to get where we're going today. Brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of speech. Boy, I'm glad that's in the Bible. That set me free right there. My kids, we, we have this thing that we do where we, we kind of do a, a uh, accent check with different words. Recently, we went fishing, and, and we went and bought a bunch of minnows. But apparently, you put a fishing pole in my hand, and they become minnows. <laughs> and so my youngest, Trinity, says to me, Daddy... Did your parents teach you how to say minna? 
I said, it was my mom. She's the one taught me. <laughs> she said, well, you say some words funny. I said, no, I don't. She said, yes, you do, Dad. She said, you say minna instead of minnow. I said, well, I, 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 I don't know where I got that. She said, well, you also say pinch. I said, well, how are you supposed to say pinch? She said, just say pinch, Dad. So we have this thing where when a word comes out, we all have an accent check. We just go around the family to see what part of Texas you're from. So I'm glad he said I didn't come to you with excellence of speech. That might have disqualified me. Or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I have determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I could stop anywhere, but I'm going to try to keep going. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the, of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Everybody say mature. We speak wisdom among them that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the rulers or the princes of this world that comes to nothing. The rulers of this world and all their ungodly wisdom will come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. God ordained hidden wisdom before the world for our glory or for our view, one translation says. God, the Bible says in, in Proverbs 25... That it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it is the honor of kings to search a thing out. The Bible says that you are a king and a priest unto our God. So it is the honor or the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the truth is he conceals it in plain sight. But it is the honor of kings, that's you and me. It is the honor of kings to search it out and to find it and to, to spend the rest of our life on a journey to find out what does the word of God say? Where does he say it? How does he say it? What's the spirit of the Lord saying right now? Which way is the wind of the spirit blowing in this moment? Because I don't want to do something that's outside of what God wants done right now. But a lot of times what is uh, available to you is hidden to the world. Because as soon as you get born again, now all of a sudden, the, the, the ears that you had that could not hear because you did not have ears to hear things that had a spiritual nature to them, now you have the ability to hear things that you could not hear before. But you have to understand, it is the honor or the glory of kings for you to search out what God had to say. In other words, you can't just read the Bible. you got to read the Bible. You gotta find out, what did he mean? Why does he keep going back to a spotless lamb? Why didn't he use uh, a spotless bull? Why didn't he use a spotless, uh, why didn't he use a spotless emu? Because before the foundation of the world, the lamb of God was slain. 
So we got to understand that God was tying the entire thing together the whole time. But if you don't know what the word of God says, then you can't tie all those things together and you'll be sitting there having a form of godliness, but you will deny the power of God. You might make an intellectual decision to follow God, but the spirit of almighty God will never be loose to do for you what only the spirit of God can do for you. Paul, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the law better than all of them combined. And he came up and he said, y'all don't get it twisted. I didn't come to you and try to tongue tie a big word together and try to make you impressed with what I know. I came and taught you Christ and him crucified. There's got to be a place on the inside of you where you go back to that truth that is never going to fail you. It's never going to let you down. There's going to be times where you can't remember exactly what that word said in this one little area or what did my favorite preacher say at that time or what did my, pray, uh, my, my praying grandma used to say it all the time. What was it? But baby, you can remember Christ and Him crucified. That's why I don't come up here and try to impress you with my dialect. Number one, it would be a futile effort. But number two, it's the power of God that changed me. The Spirit of Almighty God moved in my life. And all of a sudden, I was a dead man, yet I live. All of a sudden, I had a purpose that was indefinite. All of a sudden, not even, not even threatening my life would stop me from preaching this gospel. I understand what the Apostle Paul said when he says, for me to die is Christ. To live is going to profit you. It's going to be good for everybody around me. But me dying would actually set me into my reward. There's got to be an understanding down deep in your bones that Christianity is not a decision. Christianity is a conversion. It is a completely new way of doing things. A lot of times we get so... We get so in the routine of our life that what we really need is a little 52-card pickup. That's a game that, that, that adults used to play with kids. They'd get a deck of cards, say, well, you want to play a game? they say, yeah, what do you want to play? 52-card pickup. And they'd say, oh, yeah, I want to play 52-card pickup. But then the adult would just throw the cards up in the air and said, pick them up. Sometimes you need a little 52-card pickup in your life. Sometimes you may have set your deck in order, that the or, but the order is not magnifying God at the level that you're capable of magnifying God. And the whole thing needs to be disrupted so that you can pick it up and put it back in order. Sometimes, you, somebody give God a hand of praise this morning. Sometimes we just need a reset. It's the honor of kings to search it out. Verse 8, which none of the princes of this world, none of the rulers of this world knew. Listen to this. Because if they had known it, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. If they would have known that he was not going to stay in the tomb and that some 2,000 years later, we would all be sitting here free, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Listen to this. Demons don't even know the full plan that God has for your life. Because if they knew... They would never mess with you because anything they steal from you. If you know what the word says, it's got to come back to you sevenfold. Let me just say it like this. 
you get too expensive to steal from. All of a sudden, you start putting a demand on the supernatural realm because if there is a godly supernatural realm, there is an evil supernatural realm. The difference is the evil supernatural realm, while it may be spooky and and scary to some people, to us, it's actually under our feet. The only authority the enemy has is the authority that you relinquish. The Bible says that the violent take it by force. The kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Let me just say it real clear. Everybody look me right in my face. We concede nothing. Nothing. But no element of power relinquishes its rights. It has to be taken from them. That's why the enemy cannot be played with like a plaything. The enemy must be told exactly what he, what he ought to do at all times. Because if not, you are conceding ground to him in that area. Even letting him remain in that area is concession. We concede nothing. Let me, let me ask you a question. Does, does, do, do you think that you ought to ask the devil permission before you tell him what to do? Do you think you ought to ask the, the, the little demons and the little, the little, uh, uh, weak principalities, the, uh, should we attack? Should we not attack? No, the kingdom suffers violence, but we take by force. We have to go and take ground from the enemy, but it must be taken from him. Think about your house for a minute. Who has a TV in your house? Have you ever gotten an email from the devil asking you if it was okay to play a commercial in your home that magnifies Satan? Have you ever been asked by the devil if he could play a YouTube uh, ad that, that is that is contrary to your faith structure in the eyeballs of your children? He's not conceding. He's not asking permission. Why are Christians asking permission for us to go and take back what the enemy has stolen from us? The devil is a liar. The Bible says, my Bible, your Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He says you possess everywhere you put your foot. If I just stomp your foot one time, that belongs to you. You're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means, that means, listen, the days of casual Christianity are over. You can go have your little casual Christian club all you want. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to this. I want to make sure everybody has the right opportunity. I'm telling you, the power of Almighty God is what these people need. And that's everybody on the planet. We don't need to explain everything. When God didn't walk out of the tomb and say, let me explain to you exactly how I rose from the dead. No, he walked out of there and said, I did exactly what I said I'm going to do. There's gotta be, a, there's gotta be a, a little 52 card pickup every now and then where you set the whole thing back where it belongs. Christ and Him crucified. Cause if not, you'll live for God so long you'll think you're doing it. Somebody take a deep breath. God made that possible. There's gotta be, there's gotta be an understanding that we didn't make God, God made us. And therefore, we've got to get to the place where we fulfill the will of God. But we're not going to fulfill the will of God playing playing ticky-tacky with the enemy. You've got to take your place of authority. He said mankind was given dominion. That word means dominate. Well, I don't know about dominating. I, you know, I thought we were just going to... 
come in here and kumbaya. They got song, they got speakers going, they got lights, they got stuff on the screen. I think the preacher's wearing a hoodie. I just don't understand it. Well, that's how free people act. Because the greatest evangelist on the planet is a free person. Come on, let's give God another hand of praise right there. I'm trying to get somewhere. This Bible just keeps stopping me. The princes didn't know for if they had known they had never crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, come on, let's read that together. But as it is written, one more time. But as it is written, if the apostle Paul quotes the scripture when he's writing scripture, <laughs> how much we all quote, quote scripture? He didn't say, as I heard about somebody that said while they were in a prophetic moment. This may not be for everybody, but this is going to be for somebody. He didn't say, as it was said, you know, when I was in my car and I was crying my eyeballs out. No, you can have an encounter with God and it can be real, but your flesh is still in the room. I've lived long enough to watch people twist a godly word into a word that works for them. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. That means he's talking about you. You haven't seen, you haven't heard, it hasn't even entered into your heart or your mind all the things that God has prepared for a New Heights church member. You love God. Come on, you're at the early service. You didn't even know if the new parking lot was going to be open, and you showed up anyway. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. In 2022, we're talking about going deeper in the things of God. The way you go deeper in the things of God is it has to be revealed to you by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches, one translation says examines, inquires, investigates. The Spirit searches all things. For what man knows the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? In other words, you don't know all the thoughts of your neighbor. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world... But the Spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us unto God. Which things also we speak. Are you still with me? Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing, here it is, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Explaining spiritual things to spiritual people, one translation says. If you're going to have a conversation about spiritual things, you need to be talking to somebody that at least believes in the Holy Spirit. 
if you're going to explain something that, that is supernatural, you, you at least need to be talking to somebody who, who believes in the supernatural. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. All right, we went a long way in a short time there. First off, to go to the depths of God, things have to be revealed to you by the Spirit. The Spirit knows you. But you don't know everything about everybody. But the Spirit of God knows everything about you. Therefore, this wisdom and knowledge and this understanding and this depth that is freely given to us, we have to understand it cannot be explained in the natural indefinitely. So everybody get a Holy Ghost revelation today. Stop trying. Because to somebody that has a a mind that has not been spiritually awakened, that does not have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, to somebody that, that, that is not uh, walking in the depths of God intentionally or trying to walk in the depths of God, you have to understand this is going to be foolishness to anybody because you can't explain spiritual things naturally. Spiritual things must be explained spiritually. They have to have a, there has to be an understanding. You are not what you used to be. When you get, particularly when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden you're playing with a set of gears you didn't have before. So you got to understand the world's not going to understand this. Why are we trying to make the world understand this? What do we care if they understand us? What do, what do we care if we have been set free, if we have been blood bought, water baptized, Spirit-filled, we are now able to speak to God and, and, and boldly make our requests known unto Him. We can be seated with Him in heavenly places. The Bible says that we have, we have, there's no more condemnation headed our way on the exact contrary, whom the Son is set free and is free indeed. Listen, the world's not going to understand this. The world's not going to understand this until that segment or per, or person of the world, person of the world gets spiritually reborn themselves. That's how you understand it. Jesus said the same thing in front of all the people that he talked to the disciples. The other people just didn't have ears to hear. Therefore, the spiritual information that Jesus was dropping was trying to be consumed in a natural sense. But you cannot discern spiritual things naturally. It'd be like going, going to France and, 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 and not speaking a word of French and, and trying to act like it's somebody else's fault. You're in a different country. They speak a different language. When you're, when you're a spiritual person, it's a completely different thing for you. Everything is different. Now it comes down to a delineation between the wisdom of men and, and the wisdom of God. But the wisdom of God is foolishness to the natural man. Let me just give you a couple of examples because we're running out of time. Spiritual wisdom is foolishness to the natural man. Here's one. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You walk up to your favorite atheist. How come you have so much peace, Christian? Well, I have so much peace because I'm a new creature in Christ. I still see you. 
did you like grow wings? No, 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 not that kind of new creature. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Like you still pay your car note, right? Yeah, of course I do. How do you have so much peace? I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Are there any new creatures in the building? How do you feel about it? Do you remember just a little bit how it felt when that Bible thumping demon-chasing, radical Christian friend of yours kept talking about the goodness of God, but you didn't have ears to hear yet? It sounds like foolishness to the wisdom of the world. Oh, 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 here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Mark chapter 16. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. (laughs) what you're telling me you're not feeling well so you want somebody else who serves this man you can't see Jesus to put their hand on you do they have medicine in their hand oh yeah no I I I I, I, I I don't I don't understand. I know. You don't have ears to hear. Because spiritual discerns spiritual. Natural doesn't discern natural. Jake was telling me uh, just the other day, Teresa bumped her leg or something on the cabinet. She said, ooh. And little Zeke, how old is Zeke? Zeke ran over. He said, mom, let's pray. In Jesus' name, feel better. Now, this doesn't make any sense in the natural. I was sitting in a doctor's office with my son who had been struck blind. The doctors were trying to come up with what kind of medicine could bring his sight back. I put my thumbs on his eyes. And I commanded sight to come back in his eyes. And five seconds later, he was seeing 2020. They shall lay hands on the sick. Somebody ought to magnify God. I'm not... I'm not telling you about what I heard about. I'm not telling you something that happened on the other side of the globe. I'm talking about something that happened 100 miles from where you're standing. There was a boy that couldn't see and the power of Almighty God flooded that high at doctor's office and all of a sudden he sees 2020 and he's in the building right now. You couldn't beat this out of me with a rope. I'm talking about the power of God. It is foolishness to the natural man. But when you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. It's foolishness. So you got, it's foolishness to the natural man. You got to decide. You want to live a natural man life or do you want the spiritual depths that only God can take you to? I I, got to keep going. Look, listen to this right here. Whatsoever a man sows, Oh, this is going to get to Pharisees. Here we go. Very few Pharisees left in our church. So I just pointed to the camera. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Well, I don't know. Kind of on hard times. I don't know what I need to do. You need to sow what you want to grow. 
I just told you I don't have enough. And you said I need to give some away. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it didn't make any sense when Elijah told the widow either. In the natural. But in the spirit, it unlocked heaven. How do I don't understand. Of course you don't understand. I'm not even going to try to make you understand. You're not spiritual. Oh, yeah, I believe in spiritual things. Well, what do you believe in? Well, I believe in ghosts and goblins and all this other stuff. Yeah, so do we. We just call them what they are. Demons. They have to listen to us. Who are you? I'm a blood-bought, born-again believer. Holy Ghost, fire-baptized, radical Christian. I'm not casual. Look at your neighbor and just say, don't be casual. (laughs) There's so many examples here. Jude, Mark 16, Acts, all through 1 Corinthians. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I just get hung up on this whole tongues thing. Well, get hung up on it. Stay there for all we care. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just telling you, we ain't stopping just because you did. Well, I've been praying and believing God, and I hadn't seen it yet. Well, did you ever see the Red Sea part? See the walls of Jericho fall down? You believe that? Yeah. Well, how come you believe that? You didn't see it, but you hadn't seen this, and you don't believe it. Because somebody told me it stopped. Who told you? Did you read the Bible? Well, I skimmed past it because it said, don't worry about that part. (laughs) Building yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you have so much confidence? I pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. All the time. All the time. There's actually a scripture that says God will be your confidence. So how, how does this happen? Well, you pray in the Holy Spirit. Well, what do you mean praying in the Holy Spirit? I mean praying in tongues. Well, how do you pray in tongues? You've got to be filled, uh, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible says you pretty much have to ask for anything you want to receive from God. You've got to believe it, ask for it, then you receive it. What happens if it doesn't work? Then apparently you don't believe it. Number one, he's not an it. Number two, he can't fail. And let me, for all you here who are believing God and haven't experienced those beautiful manifestations. I was 19 years old before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit where I knew that I knew that I knew. I prayed a hundred times. Why? That day changed my whole life. I don't know. But that changed my whole life. And I'm going to tell you this much. It wouldn't have happened if I had stopped. This is foolishness. To the natural man. I'm just, I'm just so stressed out. Well, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't even know what I'm saying when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Exactly. Your spirit's praying. In line with God. Your mind can rest knowing your spirit has taken control. And you can pray this thing out. What are you praying out? All the mysteries. Well, I just, I don't understand it. We know. Because you're not spiritual. We can't sit here and dole out spiritual things to natural people. 
you got to be born again. That is the starting point to being able to understand the spiritual sides of God is you must be born again. Then you begin to have the opportunity to believe what God said. Here's another part. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you ought to act like it. You ought to act like it. Everything people do in private, almost without exception. Let me rephrase that. A lot of things people only do in private is because they're ashamed of it. Not everything, but a lot of things. If the only time anybody knows that you're a spiritual person is when you're alone and quiet and it's just you, how do they know that you're walking around with something that they need? I had a friend of mine one time, he started popping off to me about Joel Osteen. I like Joel Osteen a lot. He's a friend of mine. I think he's a man of God. He comes from an, uh, an incredible family. This guy wanted to say some flip it. sounded just, It was just a headline he read. He just repeated it. I said, how many people did you lead to Christ this week? You clown. Won't you go serve the devil? Because that's the devil's job is to attack people who are trying to win people to Jesus. That's the devil's job. That's Satan's job. You just put on Team Satan. Clown. He looked at me like I was crazy. I said, you can't even understand what I'm saying. So what do you mean? I said, this is spiritual, man. When, when Paul walked into a city, they didn't give him gold bracelets. They gave him handcuffs. <laughs> written written on, the, on the top of the Roman Gazette. We got him again. Back then, prison ministry was was not optional. (laughs) So pay attention to whose chorus you're joining. Well, I just don't understand this. Then don't understand it. And understand it is the honor of kings to search a thing out. It is not the honor of kings to critique indefinitely things that you don't understand currently. Because if you're really honest, there's things you believe right now you didn't even believe five years ago. There's things you hadn't seen, you've seen now, and all of a sudden you're open to things spiritually that you should never be open to. You needed God in a moment, and God showed up and touched you in a special way, and maybe you found yourself on the floor and still can't fully explain what happened, but you know something happened. You didn't even believe it before. I don't think God would move that way. Why would God knock people on the ground? I don't know. But what I do know is natural wisdom is not congruent with spiritual wisdom. So you got to do what Moses declared. You got to choose today who you're going to serve. Whose team are you on? Are you going to join the chorus of the offended 
and the pharisaical? Are you going to join the chorus with the masses that are, that are okay with, with endless debauchery being piped in to students and children and our televisions and our, and our cell phones and our billboards? Or are you going to get on the side of the redeemed? They don't need your help criticizing Christians. But Christians need your help loving people and pointing them to Christ. Let's give God a hand of praise this morning. Stand to your feet. I'm done teaching. Got so much more. Just just out of time. Once you get standing, if you would close your eyes and bow your heads for just a second, because there might be somebody here that's not right with God, and we're not going to leave this service without giving the opportunity to give your life to Him, either for the first time or for the first time in a long time. If that's you, you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to get right. I don't know where I stand with God. If that's you, and I count to three, I want you to lift your hand, tall and bold, and with an uplifted hand, you're simply saying, Oh, God, remember me, and he really will. There's hands already going up. If that's you, when I count to three, lift your hand tall and bold. One, two, three, lift your hands tall and bold. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Everybody who lifted your hand or you wanted to, pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Whole church is going to pray it together. Say it like this. Say, Oh, God, I come to you now. And I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Congratulations, you guys are the first people to get born again with our new parking lot. All jokes aside, we have a next step for you. It's called Foundations of Faith. You need to get registered for that. Uh, we're going to teach you about Jesus, who you are in Jesus. You can do it online. Also, we have another great class for our new to new heights. That's people who are new to our church. It's actually today at 11 o'clock, so you can actually sign up at the door uh, today. It's, it's held in the chapel there in the lobby. But if you're new to our church, this is an absolute must attend. It gives you a little history of our church, but it gives you a lot about who we are, how to connect here, and where we're going. So if you're new to our church, make sure and get registered for that. You know what? Matter of fact... Maybe you're here today and you've been coming for a while, but you've never made the declaration of faith to say, this is my home church. Or maybe you're here for the first time and you're like, you know what? I know home when I feel it. This is the house for me. The Bible says in Psalm 92, if you'll get planted in the house of God, you can flourish in his courts. But you got to get planted. Everybody needs a good church. Everybody needs a good pastor. And this is a good church. And I don't mind telling you, I'm a good pastor. So if you're here today and you want to say, you know what? I just want to make that declaration of faith. I want to say New Heights is my home church. When I count to three, I want you to just lift your hands. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to put a microphone in your face. We're just going to clap our hands and celebrate that great decision. You want to make New Heights your home church today? Lift your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. Lift them tall and bold. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, anybody else? God bless you. Glory to God. Ushers, we have a gift for you. 
Uh, let, keep your hand lifted. The ushers are going to hand you a gift. Inside of that gift is going to have a, a letter from me. tells you about our church. Also, uh, some, some, some other information. And there is a new member card in there. Fill that out. Drop it off at the blue desk before you leave. And if you have time, it'd be great. You can go straight to our New to New Heights class. It's the best way to uh, meet people and get introduced to the ins and outs right here at New Heights Church. Come on, let's give them another big hand, y'all. Congratulations. One other thing I'm forgetting. Does anybody know? Wednesday night with Reggie, was that it? Teresa went like this. So praise God. Raise the roof. It was one other thing. I don't remember what it is. But this Wednesday night, we have Reggie coming out. It's going to be an incredible blessing to you and your family. And then also, just keep in mind in this Easter season, be believing God for the lost to come right here at New Heights Church. We're going to see we're going to see a record number of salvations the Easter weekend in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and we'll pray a blessing on you. Father, bless you people coming in, going out. Every person joining our church, every person born again, let them step over into that spiritual side of life. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for opening the windows of heaven over each one of us. If you got one more praise locked up in you, come on, turn it loose. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.